insisted that I drive the GTO, but the potential headline caused me to hesitate. Car specialist wrecks $50 million Ferrari weeks before historic sale. I didn't want to be that guy, but I drove it anyway. Driving the GTO is everything you'd think it would be. Raw, visceral, claustrophobic, and glorious. It was unlike any driving experience I ever had. race bred V12 engine singing out front, gated shifter banging through the gears, and a mechanical symphony reverberating throughout the aluminum interior, this was my automotive nirvana. Until a bunch of deer appeared in our path. Nirvana was replaced by nerve-wracking fear as I stomped on the brakes hoping for the best. Thankfully, the tragedy was averted. Unlike the movie, Bambi and her mother survived. As the drive ended and I handed the keys back, I will never forget the summarizing comment from the owner. You shifted too soon. This pained me to my heart as I felt my 4,500 RPM shift point was aggressive but not abusive, it being a $50 million car and all. Oh well, I will be better prepared the next time that I drive a GTO. Spoiler alert, Arm Sotheby sold the one for $51.7 million on November the 13th, 2023. It is only because of Arm Sotheby's team of experts and car specialists that this GTO sold at auction for a world record price. The team's global clientele base and expertise ensured that every potential buyer was aware and able to pursue this Ferrari. Now, if you would like to join me on my part of this journey representing this incredible car, please continue on. I first photographed this Ferrari in 2001 at the Amelia Island Concorde d'Elegance. At the time, I was living in Atlanta and slinging cookies onto grocery shelves for Nabisco as a sales rep. Nilla wafers and double stuffed Oreos were my favorite. I would trek the six-hour drive home when possible to go to the Concorde. Having grown up in nearby Jacksonville, Florida, I remember three things from my childhood. I was always tan, we had a 15-minute thunderstorm every afternoon, and I recall how bad Amelia Island smelled. It wasn't oat of shrimp or riding blue crab from the wharf that invaded our nostrils, but the smell of pulp wood being rendered at the local paper mill. Man, did it stink. <laughs> Depending on how the winds were blowing, you could get knocked down as far away as the International Airport. This relentless stench kept Amelia Island from being overdeveloped for decades until the paper mill's sludge site was addressed. Someone addressed, as on occasion, locals report a resurgence of smelliness a few times a year. I began going to the Amelia Island Concord Elegance year two when the price for entry was less than 30 bucks. At that time, I was an ill-informed automotive enthusiast and not an expert by any definition. At the time I took this picture, I knew it was a very special Ferrari, 
that it was beautiful and that it was red. Beyond that, I had no clue. Little would I realize that 22 years later, I would be involved with its historic sale. Since that first GTO picture was taken in 2001, I've built out my automotive resume. I've judged Ferraris at numerous Concours events, including Cavallino Classic, Concorso Italiano, and at Ferrari's annual experience. I've written, researched, and released over 275 episodes of the Collector Car Podcast, and I've reviewed and evaluated over 230 cars as a car specialist consultant for Arm Sotheby's and as an independent appraiser. Before moving on, I'd like to take a moment to thank my sponsor, LLC TLC. They have been saving collector car owners millions of dollars for many years now. Now, how much would the new GTO owner save if they registered with LLC TLC? Well, let's do the math. And I'm going to assume the new owner lives in Ohio with a 6.5% tax rate. With a final hammer price of over $51 million. Multiply that against 6.5% tax rate. And that equates to a tax bill of $3.3 million. But if you purchase LLC TLC's entry-level plan, it would cost you less than $2,000. Now that sounds like a great idea. And if you want to know more, go to LLCTLC.com to get more information. As a car specialist, you have to excel at three things, to be knowledgeable, to be trustworthy, and to be available. Since joining RM Sotheby's in 2020, I've been all of these things throughout the Midwest and beyond, building relationships with auto enthusiasts and collectors. It is through these relationships and my connection with RM Sotheby's that I was asked to represent the GTO for its historic sale. What began as a conversation over beer and wings resulted in the record New York sale on November the 13th. Once RM Sotheby's was on board, the goal was obvious. We needed to share the GTO with a global audience and then filter down to a handful of qualified and verified bidders. The auction form would have to go beyond the standard auction format as we wanted to entice the art collectors and trophy hunters along with car collectors to pursue this Ferrari. That is why the GTO was offered at Sotheby's New York headquarters to kick off their art week, which included paintings from Picasso, Monet, and other incredible noted artists. RM Sotheby's decided they wanted to do something different, something daring. They didn't want the typical video of an old man reminiscing about the car on offer from a dusty garage. That's been done a lot. They resourced a marketing agency outside of the automotive space, but inside the luxury goods space to craft the worldwide announcement. Marketing firm Kabukabu was hired to create a launch video and key marketing resources, including a GTO book and display box for select clientele. Their initial proposals included said old man in a garage, a black stallion running through a thunderstorm, which was pretty cool, and the don't blink ideation that became the launch video. If you haven't seen it yet, it is fantastic. The link is in the description of this video and you have to check it out. In July, the Kabukabuk team arrived on site and video production began. From this point on, I was there for the family as the RM Sotheby's machine took over production of what would be a record sale. And I was there to ride shotgun in the GTO as much as possible. Once 
once the filming was finished, the next big step was the surprise announcement in Monterey during Car Week. A lot of cool ideas were floated around, but we landed on shipping the GTO to California for a live announcement the first night of Arm Sotheby's auction. Secrecy was of utmost importance, and I was very paranoid that I would let the secret slip. Between Arm Sotheby's, the marketing firm, and Sotheby's, I figured over 100 folks knew about this project, and having it not leak was a big ask. We unloaded the GTO at 5 a.m., and wouldn't you know it, there was one guy walking by who quickly began filming the GTO on his iPhone. We asked him not to share anything until after the announcement. I had the honor of quote unquote driving the GTO while it was being pulled by a golf cart into the convention center where it was quickly covered up behind the stage. We did not start it up as we did not want to alert the world that a GTO was in Monterey being driven into an auction house. <laughs> Thankfully, everyone, including that guy, kept a secret and the GTO roared onto the stage just after the Don't Blink video was released. For the remainder of the weekend, it was placed front and center in the hotel's lobby and I engaged everyone and anyone who showed any interest in the GTO. I gave out my GTO poker chips like Tic Tacs. Folks from all of the other auction houses came by to see it and to my surprise, no one knew it was coming to Monterey. A few notable automotive personalities shared their surprise at the announcement as well. Once the Monterey auction was over, we had to move the GTO to Casa Ferrari to be shown during Concours events. This became the dream ride along of my lifetime. We left downtown Monterey around 6 a.m. and made our way to Pebble Beach along the 17 mile drive. Our lead vehicle blew through the first red light, but we did not mind. The streets were empty, the ocean breeze was cool, and the V12 was singing. Italian fashion, when we arrived at Casa Ferrari, no one was ready for us, but it was not a bad place to hang out. After checking out the Tessarossa by the fireplace and enjoying a few cappuccinos, we were able to move the GTO to its place of honor on the lawn. While at Casa Ferrari, we met with Ferrari to discuss how they could promote the GTO sale, and we enjoyed some great food and wine. Rob Meyer of RM Sotheby's was a big fan of the GTO poker chips and gave one to Ferrari's North American president. Matteo Torre. After enjoying the Pebble Beach Concord Elegance, we had to move the GTO to the polo fields to load it up on its transporter. We were accompanied by automotive paparazzi as we left the field of Casa Ferrari and eventually got the GTO back into its owner's garage in Ohio. With the Ferrari back home, we realized that we needed more still photography for the promotional material and Jeremy Cliff was brought on board. His ability to execute light painting photography at the highest level really took the promotional material to the next level. I joined Jeremy on his nighttime shoot of the GTO and it was very cool to see how the entire process worked. Within a few weeks of the Monterey announcement, every possible buyer for the GTO knew of its availability. Armed car specialists were reaching out to any prospective clients to see if finance was needed or if there were potential trades involved so their client could bid on the GTO. What most people do not realize is that 95% of the work selling a car for an auction actually happens before the auction starts. The GTO left Cincinnati for New York in mid-October as it was making some guest appearances prior to the auction. The first stop was at a Ferrari event at the shed for their top clientele. It then went to Ferrari showroom for a few days and it was finally shipped to Sotheby's New York headquarters 
for display leading up to the big sale. My family and I visited the GTO the weekend prior to the sale so they could enjoy this historic event. We visited all seven floors of Sotheby's Gallery of the Sotheby's Gallery and enjoyed the incredible artwork that would be on offer after the GTO sale. We found a great Thai restaurant up Thai within walking distance and we then took the New York Harbor tour prior to heading home. Little did I know I was headed into Hell Week. I found myself with the worst sinus infection of my life as I traveled to Buffalo for a few days and then to Las Vegas to podcast for their Concord event from the Wind Lobby. Somehow I fulfilled my responsibilities while not passing out. And I met Jay Leno and talked to him about the unrestored Pontiac GTO I recently purchased. Stay tuned for more. Hopefully Jay will have a lot to say about that wonderful car. One brief side note, as I was helping take the Ferrari GTO to market, I was approached about selling a Pontiac GTO. Now this car turned out to be so special, I just had to buy it. So this is a quick side note, but stay tuned for a full in-depth video about this incredible car. All right, so there's the GTO. No, this is not the Ferrari GTO. This is actually my GTO, an unrestored, all original car I bought from the original family. It's been in storage for 40 years. I don't need to go anything right now. Check out one of the other videos where I capture all the cool stuff about this car. But we are about to take a picture of it next to the real GTO or the Ferrari GTO. So uh, hopefully I'll get a chance to, uh, to drive it. I took the Sunday night red eye to New York and I landed at 10 a.m. without the ability to hear as the sinus infection had taken over my entire head. There was no time to check into my hotel, so I changed clothes in the lobby restroom and headed to the auction. We had a quick meeting to discuss potential bidders, and the car specialists went their separate ways to follow up with each one. By the time the auction started, I had been up for 34 hours straight. The Door City auction opened just after 5 p.m. Entry was initially limited, but then it seemed like anyone could join in. Once the auction started, the room was packed and the smartphones were recording. Ten bids later from three different bidders, the car was sold. One bidder was in the room and the others, including the winning bidder, were on the phone with a car specialist. Was $51.7 million the right price for this GTO? Considering that there are two wars occurring and continued financial challenges worldwide, yes, it was a great price and the owner is very happy with the results. This was a challenging car to sell as for most of its life it was known as either a 330LM or a 330 GTO. In a nutshell, Ferrari built 36 GTOs in three 4-liter prototype 330LM cars. This car was one of those three prototype cars that started life as a 330LM, but this one was changed by Ferrari to a 250 GTO in 1963. Technically, it is the 37th 250 GTO built. But, but today's buyers are less interested in a car with incredible history and are more interested in having a single bullet point that they can share with their friends. Do I think it would have sold for more if it was one of the 36 GTOs? Yes, I do. But I would argue that this car's unique history makes it worth more than any other GTO. To quote Simon Kidston, so is it a 250 GTO? Since 1963, effectively, yes and it's been invited to all of the GTO tours. Did it begin life as a GTO? No, but arguably its unique spec and works history are even better. I definitely agree with Simon. 
So when the new owner takes possession of the GTO, what should he do? Now, the way I see it, he has three options. Option one, drive it as is. So in its current configuration, it has the three liter engine with the five speed, which is the 250 GTO drivetrain. It has the four liter bodywork with the three D scoops, and it has the Lamar livery with number seven. Just drive it as is. Option two, restore it to its original four liter spec as it raced in the Nürburgring with livery number 114. In this scenario, you would have to source a four liter engine, one did come with the sale, and source or create a correct four speed transmission. That is a challenge. Option three, restore it to 250 GTO spec as it came out of the factory in 1963. Now in this scenario, you would have to get rid of the three D scoops up front, add a mail slot vent, which isn't as attractive, but it is what is correct for this car. And you would add the number 120 livery as it raced as a 250 GTO. Now, if this for my car, I would drive it as is for the next few years. I would take it on the 2027 GTO tour as is, and then I would have it restored to 250 GTO spec with the mail slot. The GTO tour occurs every five years. So drive it at the first GTO tour as is, drive it at the second GTO tour as the 250 GTO spec. Now throughout this entire journey, I only had one concern. Would the owner feel we did all we could have done to bring this car to market and realize the best result? In this case, it was a resounding yes. He was very, very happy. The celebratory dinner after the sale was burgers and a pitcher of beer at the local restaurant across from the hotel. It seems appropriate that our conversation about selling the GTOs started at lunch and we ended the journey at dinner. So who's up for a bite? If you want my help in selling your incredible car, please let me know. We will talk it over lunch. I'm buying. Okay, if you stayed with me this long, you get something special here at the end of the podcast. If you're listening to audio only, I would go to the YouTube channel. I have some fun pictures that have never been seen before from the owner of the Ferrari GTO that just sold for $51.7 million. But this is back in the 1970s when the car was yellow. And was there is a picture of it for sale with the price tag of $6,500. Now, these were apparently around 1970, but they are just really cool pictures to behold. As always, thanks for joining the Collector Car Podcast, and I will talk to all of you next week.